0: Episode 171, The Prophet Amos. Check out the beginning words of the book of Amos, Amos one one, The words of Amos, one of the shepherds of Tekoa, the vision he saw concerning Israel two years before the earthquake, when Uzzah was king of Judah and Jeroboam son of Jehoahash was king of Israel. Isn't that cool? We know that a great earthquake in this time period was 760 B.C., Two years prior to this was this scene with Amos. Pretty awesome. Biblical history. I picture Amos being granted an audience at Bethel, as covered at the very end of the last episode, and he stands up on a stage and blasts these words. He starts with a condemnation of Israel's enemies, which gains him a great audience, as scribes write down his words. Everyone thrilled that even a prophet from Judah was staring down Israel's enemies. Here is how it starts, almost poetic. And we have to imagine the Spirit of God accompanying his words, with the fear of the Lord, a nerve wracking, hair standing presence hovering over the idol worshiping crowd at Bethel. Amos 1 2. The Lord roars from Zion and thunders from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds dry up, and the top of Carmel withers. This is what the Lord says for three sins of Damascus, even for four. I will not relent, because she threshed Gilead with sledges, having iron teeth. I will send fire on the house of Haziel, that will consume the fortresses of Ben-Hadad. I will break down the gate of Damascus. I will destroy the king who is in the valley of Avon, and the one who holds the scepter in Beth-Eden. The people of Aram will go into exile to Ker, says the Lord. Israel, whose history was oppression by Aram, only smiled with these words. Further, with Jonah's words as well, Israel would be God's instrument to tear down the walls of Damascus. Now we get something interesting. Now he advances to his next target. Remember the Philistines? They're hanging on as a civilization, but God says no more. Amos one six. This is what the Lord says, For three sins of Gaza, even for four, I will not relent, because she took captive whole communities and sold them to Edom. I will send fire on the walls of Gaza, and I will consume her fortresses. I will destroy the king of Ashdod, and the one who holds the scepter in Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron, to the last of the Philistines are dead, says the Sovereign Lord. Okay, that's awful, and he's just getting started. Well, Amos prophesies destruction to Tyre, followed by Edom, listing their sins and reasons for judgment. What goes around comes around. Amon is next followed by Moab and finally he arrives at Judah skipping over northern Israel. Amos 2:4. This is what the Lord says: For three sins of Judah even for four I will not relent, because they have rejected the law of the Lord and they have not kept his decrees, because they have been led astray by false gods, the gods their ancestors followed. I will send fire on Judah that will consume the fortresses of Jerusalem. At this point the people of Israel are stunned. Everyone in the world is under judgment and facing destruction. There's something their prophets of Baal would have done, but never would they actually turn next against the country of Israel. But reserving the worst for last, Amos now turns his direction in the country that he's standing in right now, Israel Amos turns to the officials of the land. Now he's going to go from the officials to the people to the priest and even the rulers of the land. Each one is his own target. And it's like he cruises through the other nations for two chapters and the rest of the book of Amos is all about the sins of Israel and their judgment. So this is where he starts when he condemns the officials of the the land of Israel. The blistering condemnation word only continues. Amos two six. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Israel, even for four, I will not relent. They sell the innocent for silver, and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground, and they deny justice to the oppressed. They lay down beside every altar on garments taken on pledge, and in the house of their God they drink wine taken as fines. Yet I destroyed the Amorites before them, though they were as tall as As the cedars and strong as the oaks. I destroyed their fruit above and their roots below. I brought you up out of Egypt and led you forty years in the wilderness to give you the land of the Amorites. I also raised up prophets from among your children and Nazarites from among your youth. Is this not true, people of Israel? declares the Lord. But you made the Nazarites drink wine and commanded the prophets not to prophesy. Now then, I will crush you as a cart crushes when loaded with grain. The swift will not escape, the strong will not muster their strength, and the warrior will not save his life. The archer will not stand his ground, the fleet-footed soldiers will not get away, and the horsemen will not save his life. Even the bravest warriors will flee naked on that day, declares the Lord. Well, this guy is serious. I mean, it's amazing they haven't cut him off yet and had him quit talking, and he's so directive in his speech. First it was to the rulers or officials of the land. Now he's turning his attention to the people of Israel themselves. Amos three three. Hear this word, people of Israel. The word of the Lord has spoken against you, against the whole family I brought up out of Egypt. You only have I chosen of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your sins." Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Does a lion roar in the thicket when it has no prey? Does it growl in its den when it has caught nothing? Does a bird swoop down to a trap on the ground when no bait is there? Does a trap spring up from the ground if it has not caught anything? When a trumpet sounds in a city, do not the people tremble? When a disaster comes to a city, has not the Lord caused it? Can you just feel the intensity? I mean, Check out the next verse. It's one to chew on for a long, long time. Amos 3.7 Surely the Sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing His plan to His servants, the prophets. The Lord does nothing without revealing His plan to the prophets. Seriously, it's what it says. I think we should all listen to the prophets. What do you think? Surely He does nothing without revealing His plan to His prophets. What does this imply? This implies God invites intercession and a prevention of destruction caused by sin, and He invites people to stand in the gap and to prevent judgment and invite the mercy of God. All of these horrific things are only invitations to pray. In Judah, the people and its king will pray. But Israel is another story. Well, he continues his condemnation of the people, and now he turns to the priest of the golden calf. First he speaks to the nations, the officials, the people, and now the demonic priest. you got to imagine the demonic priests are going to receive some serious judgment. Amos four four, Hear this word, you cows of Bashan on Mount Samaria. You women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and say to your husbands, Bring us some drinks. The Sovereign Lord is sworn by His holiness. The time will surely come when you will be taken away with hooks and the last of you with fish hooks. You will each go straight out through the breaches in the wall and you will be cast out towards Haman, declares the Lord. Go to Bethel and sin. Go to Gilgal and sin no more. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three years. Burn leavened bread as a thank offering and brag about your free will offerings. Boast about them, you Israelites. For this is what you love to do declares the Sovereign Lord. I gave you empty stomachs in every city, and lack of bread in every town, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away. I sent rain on one town and withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none, and dried up. People staggered from town to town for water, but did not get enough to drink, yet you have not returned to me declares the Lord. Many times I struck your gardens and your vineyards, destroying them with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured your fig and olive trees, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I sent plagues among you, as I did, to Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, along with your captured horses. I filled your nostrils with the stench of your camps, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You are like a burning stick snatched from the fire, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what I will do to you, Israel. And because I will do this to you, Israel, prepare to meet your God. He who forms the mountains, who creates the winds, and who reveals his thoughts to mankind, who turns dawn to darkness and treads on the heights of the earth, the Lord God Almighty is his name. Amos created a moment where he invited the heavenlies to intervene in Israel. Check out the last verse. He turns dawn to darkness. Sounds like a solar eclipse, which occurred just a year before this time frame. A natural wonder credited to God as a sign of his power. Now we see Amos' language is turning to power and wonders. Amos continues blasting corruption in northern Israel, and ending with a powerful word. Amos 5.10 There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court, and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses, and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent, and take bribes, and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say He is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph." So in the midst of judgment, God tells his true heart. It doesn't take long before the judgment words continue, though. Amos 5.21 I hate, I despise your religious festivals and your assemblies. They are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will not regard them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Now we arrive at something that can be confirmed through history. Amos 6.9 If ten people are left in one house, they too will die. And if the relative who comes to carry the bodies out of the house to burn them ask anyone who might be hiding there, Is anyone else with you? and he says no, then he will go on to say, Hush, we must not mention the name of the Lord. For the Lord has given the command, and he will smash the great houses into pieces, and the small house into bits. The horses run on the rocky crags? Does one plow the sea with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison, and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness. You who rejoice in the conquest of lo Debar." And say, Did we not take Kemenad by our own strength? For the Lord Almighty declares, I will stir up a nation against you, Israel, that will oppress you all the way from Lebehamath to the valley of Araba. Now we know this earthquake, and this great shaking through history, and even the first line in the book of Amos is that earthquake and this destruction of the small and the big houses. This almost confirms the word that a nation will also be stirred against Israel. And this nation is none other than Assyria. Now the rest of the book of Amos takes a different turn, with additional dialogue demonstrating the power of prayer and intercession. Within the book of Amos is an example and key to prayer. Check this out, Amos 7. This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me. He was preparing swarms of locusts after the king's share that had been harvested, and just at the late crops were coming up. And when they had stripped the land clean, I cried out, "'Lord, Sovereign Lord, forgive me! How can Jacob survive? He is so small!' So the Lord relented. "'This will not happen,' the Lord said. "'This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me. The Sovereign Lord was calling for the judgment by fire. It dried up the great deep and devoured the land.' then i cried out sovereign lord i beg you stop how can jacob survive he is so small so the lord relented this will not happen either the sovereign lord said this is what he showed me the lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb with the plumb line in his hand and the lord asked what do you see amos a plumb line i replied then the lord said look i'm setting a plumb line against my people israel I will spare them no longer the high places of isaac will be destroyed and the sanctuaries of israel will be ruined with my sword i will rise against the house of jeroboam so amos showed how to pray and prevent natural disasters like insect invasions or or horrific fires in the land the prophet amos basically just said forgive me forgive my people He stood in the gap. He interceded, but other judgments were coming. Amos modeled intercession, but who was going to pick up the standard after he left? After all, he wasn't even a man who lived in northern Israel. He was from Judah. So instead of mass repentance or other prophets taking up this standard, the people at Bethel rose against Amos and tried to get him to leave the area. The priest of Bethel tries to get Jeroboam to kick Amos out of the country, but instead Amos prophesies more destruction on the city. He speaks of the end of Israel as a nation, and speaks again of this great shaking that's coming in two years. Amos 9, I saw the Lord standing by the altar, and he said, Strike the tops of the pillars so that the thresholds shake. Bring them down on the heads of all the people. Those who are left I will kill with the sword. Not one will get away, none will escape. Though they dig down to the depths below, from there my hand will take them. Though they climb up to the heavens above, there I will bring them down. Though they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, there I will hunt them down and seize them. Though they hide from my eyes at the bottom of the sea, therefore I will command the serpent to bite them. Though they are driven into exile by their enemies, there I will command the sword to slay them. Two years later, when the earthquake hits, fear must have overtaken the land, only confirming the truth of Amos' words. Amos is such a bold prophet. and his name, it just means faithful, and that's what he was. He was faithful to his assignment, faithful to his God, and faithful to these harsh words that he had to say. He speaks to the end of Israel, but like a good prophet... He always ends with hope. Amos 9.8 Surely the eyes of the sovereign Lord are on the sinful kingdom. I will destroy it from the face of the earth, yet I will not totally destroy the descendants of Jacob, declares the Lord. For I will give the command, and I will shake the people of Israel among all the nations, as grain is shaken in a sieve. Not a pebble will reach the ground. All the sinners among my people will die by the sword. All those who say disaster will not overtake or meet us. So let's conclude this episode with the end of Amos. It speaks for itself and the hope that befalls God's people. Amos 9.11 In that day I will restore David's fallen shelter I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins. I will rebuild it as it used to be, so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one who is treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills, and I will bring my people Israel back from exile. I will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted, from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com, share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at Kings at gmail.com.